Hi, welcome to my leadership podcast, which is part of our ministry equipping website, wilsonlyling.com. Now, with this podcast, we always include a leader's guide where we provide the full content as well as discussional questions and actionable steps to help you and your team. As part of our website, we also provide podcasts on intercession and prophetic ministries. So please take a look at our wilsonlyling.com website. And if you like what you see, please make sure your friends know about this. So today, I want to speak on this topic, Did You Get What I Said? And I'm really talking about effective leadership communication. Now, in my many years of leadership, I am yet to find an effective leader that is ineffective in their communication uh, because a fundamental pillar for effective leadership is the ability to communicate well. The communication skills of a leader is far more complex than what is normally required for our personal interactions. Unfortunately, many stumble in this area because they do not grasp this differentiation. If we only rely upon the skills and the experiences that we gain from personal interaction and then apply it directly into our leadership context, we will severely limit our communication effectiveness. When a leader communicates, the communication has greater weight because of the role of the leader. This communication will be relied upon. It will be built upon. It will even be judged upon. So, and further, its scope will often involve many people, perhaps even into thousands of people. Now, the larger the group, the further they tend to be from the leader personally, and the more easily that message could be misunderstood. Hence, the need to be truly more careful about our communications. In this podcast, I will unpack some key insights into effective leadership communication. This topic is complemented by another podcast of mine, which I've entitled, Did I Get What You Said? Which is really about effective listening. So now, why? Why is communication so important in leadership? Let me give you four quick reasons. The first one is this. It is a core leadership function. You see, for a leader to lead effectively, to cast vision, to articulate the strategies and plans, solve problems, manage, organize, or delegate, and so forth, it is crucial to be able to communicate it well. A leader who is unable to communicate adequately is severely handicapped. Now, we may have a powerful vision, we may have the best plans, but if we mangle our message and confuse our listeners, little will be achieved. The second reason why it is important is because clear communication improves alignment. Alignment can only be achieved when leaders clearly communicate the vision, the goals, the milestones, the strategies, the plans, and so forth. When it becomes clear what the expectations are, then the subordinates know what to aim for. 
when our teams are not clear what to aim for, it means that we have not been communicating effectively. Now, the third reason is that good communication, it improves the trust and engagement. You see, when a leader communicates adequately and transparently about where the group is going, the issues it faces, the current situation, it really helps us to build trust and engagement. When people are left in the dark or when they feel that information is deliberately withheld from them, it allows mistrust to breed. Now, the fourth key reason I want to mention is that it facilitates a better, more communicative environment. You see, the leader models, the type of communication that is acceptable and to be expected. When a leader exemplifies good communication, it becomes a role model for good communication between the people. When leaders are vulnerable or openly discuss challenging issues, it gives permission to the group to do likewise. And so when leaders model good communication approaches to conflicts even, it shows others how to go about it effectively. Now, let me outline some key attitudes for effective communication. The effectiveness of a leader's communication is not dependent only on the content and the style, but most importantly, upon the heart of the leader. People want to listen and follow leaders that they can trust. So following are some key attitudes that will really enhance your communication. The first attitude is this, be loving. You see, leaders, we ought to have a genuine concern for our people. Theodore Roosevelt once remarked, it says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Wow. So people are more interested to what we have to say when they know that we are interested in them. That's so important for us to grasp. For our communication is, is really intended to reach into our hearers' hearts and it helps them tremendously when they know that we have their welfare in our hearts. They will be willing to open their hearts and invest into carefully listening to our message when they know that our message is going to be relevant and useful to them. Let me give you the second reason, second attitude, and that is to be authentic. Leaders, we need to be real. People want to know that the real you is talking to them rather than some facade. So don't disguise yourself trying to be someone you are not. If you want to be different, first change your heart, not your message. Hence, honesty is the best policy. Be as transparent as is appropriate. Now, the third attitude that's so important is that we need to be emphatic. In other words, we, when we look at empathy, it is the ability to identify with others. Alfred Adler made this point. Empathy is seeing with the eyes of another. It is listening with the ears of another. It is feeling the heart of another. So the more that we are able to identify with our hearers, 
the more we tend to have their attention because they now know that we appreciate the situation they are in. In other words, what we have to communicate will not be divorced from their context. Many listened to Jesus because he had empathy. He was a man. He was a fellow Jew, a commoner. He spoke their heart language. He understood fully their ways. Now, let me outline a whole list of best practices for effective leadership communication. And I want to unpack some of this because I believe these keys will help all of us truly be effective or more effective in our communication. The first key is this, be relentless. What do I mean? Well, it is better for a leader to over-communicate somewhat than to under-communicate. For often, only a small percentage of what you as a leader communicate gets through to your intended audience or even sticks in the first time. Hence, the need for repetition until the message gets through. Though, it should be done creatively so that it doesn't become boring. Leaders, we should communicate our thoughts, our ideas, our values clearly and frequently. Be intentional and diligent to open as many effective communication channels as possible for your teams and organization. You see, when your church or group grows, the more critical it is to communicate effectively. As our church, for example, has grown over the last three decades, we have examined and re-examined our communication channels as to its effectiveness. We've looked at what we should be communicating uh, to the different segments of the church, its frequencies and its mode. Our communication channels have evolved greatly and continues to evolve. We now make extensive use of digital means of communication, including social media. The scope of my own responsibilities have enlarged significantly over these decades, and my role has evolved. Consequently, I have had to personally re-examine how I have been communicating, uh, what I need to communicate, and to whom I should focus on communicating to. So we need to think that we communicate and communicate often enough. Secondly, we need to be relational in our communication. Our team wants to know us, and hence we need to communicate our hearts, peel open our lives, and be vulnerable. For if the group we serve is much larger, people still want to know the real us. Think about that. They want to know something more of our lives. Hence, we must be intentional to be relational. Uh, we should appropriately reveal snippets of our lives, our hearts, what's going on. And social media is one way to keep this on an, going on an ongoing basis. Now, the, the third key I want to mention here is we need to be clear and concise. It is important to be clear and concise rather than to present too much data or to be too complex because people are easily overwhelmed by too much especially today when there's this information overload and the people's capacity to digest information 
in any single communication has reduced drastically. More are used to scanning and hence they easily tire when a message is too long. Always aim to simplify your message to the essential components. Always ask yourself, is it necessary to include this aspect? Choose to be more direct so that you can be more clear and concise. Let me go on. The fourth key is this. We need to aim to be memorable. Now, together with clarity and conciseness, aim for important messages to be memorable. This will help capture your audience's attention and help them remember your message. Uh, this will mean crafting your message to use more memorable taglines and sentences. Learn to use short stories and illustrations to capture the essence of the point that you wish to make. Now, the human mind, we tend to recall pictures and emotional content far better. Now, in the Bible, we find that God is a master communicator. He uses burning bushes, angelic visitations, splitting mountains, donkeys, storms, and, and so many of these as precursors to the message that he brings. Who can forget such memorable incidents and messages? Think about that. Let me go on. Fifthly, be positive and empowering. Where possible, we should aim to be positive. We should aim to be empowering. You see, people need hope. In the midst of the sea of hopelessness around them, they need light to shine through the darkness around their lives. So even when dealing with dark and troubling issues, it is crucial that we offer hope by bringing in a positive and in, in an empowering manner. I always ask myself, uh, how are my sermons offering hope to the hopeless and faith to the faithless? That's something we need to consider all the time. The sixth, the sixth uh, key is to be invitational to feedback. What do I mean? Well, people want to know that they can approach and communicate to you. They may have ideas, opinions, uh, feelings, and so forth that they believe is important for you to know. People will value your communication more when you value theirs. That's so important to consider. And so for this to occur, you must intentionally create a safe and invitational environment for feedback. And so to do so, you need to communicate that you welcome feedback. At times, the feedback may be negative or critical, and that could be challenging at times for us to receive, but we must not react, but instead thank the person for the feedback, especially when you know the intent behind it is good. Remember that usually only less than one in 10 people will provide you any feedback. And so we should value those who do have the courage to provide the feedback. It could be very helpful for our leadership. The seventh key is to be consistent. Consistency and sustainability in our communication is crucial in the long run. 
it is better to communicate with consistent regularity through consistent channels than in spurts and in ad hoc means. You see, people need to know where and when they can get specific information, updates, teachings, and so forth. And so, where possible, spread out the communication with a plan. In HIM Global and in my own church, we have communication plans where we have worked out what needs to be communicated, when, and which channels to different audience segments. Even for myself, we have a plan for my social media communications. Our website, wilsonlighting.com, so that it has a consistent regularity. And so consistency is so important. The next one, the eighth key, is be wise. We need to be wise to develop if the most effective strategies to communicate in the most impacting way with the minimal resources. We have to identify what is the most relevant messages that ought to be communicated to the various segments of your intended audience, when and how. So this requires formulating a workable plan and implementing it well. Always make sure that we don't waste people's time with unnecessary or irrelevant messages. Be thoughtful. Be thoughtful about the messages that you send. Consider whether the communication will be informative, inspiring, relational, directional, and so forth. And then choose the most appropriate channels to use. As an example, in our church, we have a twice-weekly bulletin to all our leaders where we update all matters relevant to our church, uh, the general leadership. This includes uh, providing our weekly Bible discussions. And so these leaders also have access to a leadership database where they can search for and download other information, policies, and, and so forth that will be helpful to them. So we need to be wise to plan all of these means so that people can receive what they need at the right time so that it can be most helpful to them. Let me go on. The ninth is to be adaptable in our communication styles. You see, we have to appreciate that people receive and they retain information in a range of different ways. Some people prefer to listen, while some, like myself, prefer visual. This is why I prefer to read than to listen to audiobooks. Now, some educators refer to seven learning styles, which can include visual, audio, verbal, kinesthetic, which is touch, uh, logical, uh, social, and solitary. So if we desire to reach the widest possible group of people, then we need to adapt our communication methods appropriately to suit the listener, not ourselves. For example, I was recently teaching a subject in a leadership development program. As it was online, we used a combination of methods to more effectively communicate. We provided full notes. We used video segments accompanied by memorable graphics to reinforce the points. The teachers asked the participants to ask questions and we answered it live. We provided 
interviews and role play scenarios, we also had some quizzes and breakout times for small group discussions. So you can see we use a whole variety of means to make this communication far more effective. The tenth key I want to share today is be contextual. We must always seek to appreciate the context of the people that they are in, whom we are trying to communicate to. The more relevant our communication is to their context, the more useful it will be, the more it will be remembered and even appreciated. During the early periods of the COVID pandemic, for example, we tailored our messages to our congregation and leaders how to deal with crises and uncertainties in God. You see, when people are struggling or caught up by certain difficult situations, it can be much more difficult for them to give attention to our seemingly mundane messages. On the other hand, there are seasons when people are far more open to be challenged, to be inspired on certain areas. Once when I was preaching in the church, I was prompted to share about some aspects of godly humility. And after the service, a lady approached me and she shared with me how much that message spoke directly to her. She, she told me that she had been seeking to understand this issue now for many months. So God can help us communicate in relevant ways if we're open to listen to Him. Now let me go on. The 11th key is be aware of the listener's capacity. Now Jesus was well aware of the listener's capacity to receive what he had been teaching. Jesus pointed out to his disciples in Mark chapter 4, verse 12. He said, They may be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Ever hearing, but never understanding. People's ability to receive will vary according to a variety of reasons. It could be due to intellectual capacity, emotional availability, spiritual receptiveness, or maybe experiential familiarity, and so on. The effective communication takes all of this into account. Now last, the twelfth and last point I want to share with us today is that we should re be reinforcing with actions. What you do says as much, perhaps even more, than what you say. Your actions communicate as much as your messages. When your actions align with what you say, then that is when you have a greater impact. So let me conclude today. Effective communication is fundamental to effective leadership. It is a core function of leadership. It improves alignment, trust, engagement, and really facilitates a better environment of communication. And what we need to appreciate is the foundation for effective communication is really our attitudes. When it's loving, it's authentic, when there's empathy, it sets a good ground for a good heart connection with our listeners. I also mentioned 12 key insights of best practices in leadership communication. I trust that you put some of this to practice and find how it helped you to be a more effective communicator. God bless you. We trust you've been blessed by the word today. 
do visit www.wilsonlyling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.